Hey, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day, there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 114. Today, we are going to be talking about 10 technologies that can be added to your operation. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcast app. We have it on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I am very excited to welcome back Aaron Hightower. Uh, Aaron Hightower is the agronomist with RDO Equipment Company in our Pacific Northwest region. We just had her on the show last episode talking about global gap certifications and everything that's entailed with that. Uh, Aaron's come back again to uh, fill us in on some technologies that can not only help with global gap certification, but also for those of you out there that aren't seeking global gap certification, these 10 technologies can also uh, make your farm more profitable, more efficient, and, and better utilize the resources that you have. So uh, welcome back to the show again, Aaron. To get started, uh, let's just get a brief background on yourself again and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest. I represent RDO Equipment Company as the agronomist in Washington and Oregon. And that's kind of where I started my career. I've been in Washington and Oregon my entire life and previously worked, worked kind of in the government agencies as an agronomist and then kind of pivoted and worked, started working here in 2017 as the agronomist for RDO Northwest. Uh, because of that, I kind of have this background where I kind of know how the regulatory and the and these certifications are supposed to work. But also, as I saw the technology that we were selling here at RDO, I just couldn't see how they're not supposed to be together and how we cannot use these uh, or how we can use these products to m- make your life easier while still meeting the needs of whatever um, programs you're with where there may be a checkoff or a certification. Whether it's for a certification or what you're looking at dealing with global gap and kind of what you've been involved with there, or if it's just a, a farm looking to increase the level of precision agriculture that they're doing, these are 10 very simple technologies that can be added into any operation and, like I said, make them more profitable, more efficient, and just all around better stewards of the land. So let's dive into it, Aaron. 10 technologies. Let's just start off with the the first one, most basic, a farm management information software. Tell us a little bit about what that entails. Well, well farm man- management information systems is is just that bread and butter, that basic um, or meat and potatoes basic level of knowing what your farm is doing at all times. And in some of the cases, some cases, this is a free technology. Um, I know that John Deere's operation center is free. 
Um, there are other parties that that may cost a little more, but give you more more tools. But a lot of this is just about getting your getting all of your items in one place. And you know, sometimes you need to maybe be speaking with either your global gap auditor or your your state's pesticide uh, licensing program, depending on on what your goal in goal is, to make sure that the information is going in correctly so that you can spit it out correctly, spit, spit it out of the program with that te- with all the information there. But that's just step one is finding a central location for all of your information. And for instance, the, the operation center is not a, a viable option for reporting to say Washington and Oregon state, but it makes it that you don't have to wonder where did I put that one piece of paper from six weeks ago that had that spray record on it. Just being able to put it straight into a system where you can recall it later. And I'm especially a big fan of putting it into a technological or uh, into a cloud because, you know, life happens. We had horrible flooding in the last couple of weeks up here in the Pacific Northwest. And I know that there's guys's field offices that are probably under two inches of water right now. And, you know, those are records that maybe aren't going to be readable. Whereas if it's in the cloud, if it's in a management operation system, it's going to be recallable at any time, any place, at, and no matter what happens in your, in your field. So, you know, that farm management operation systems of some kind is just one of those things where you set it up correctly ahead of time knowing what information you need to be you need to be getting out of it then you're going to be able to to make it faster and easier for you to recall that information and that's not a one-time thing you don't just set it up and forget it and you're good to go that's something that maybe you need to be having that personal check with once a year in december and january when you're looking over your documentation like you know i did great but if i just did this one thing it would be even better, even if it's just put, making sure that in the footnotes you put notif- you know, some sort of note about the weather or, you know, it, it's a, just making sure that you have that mindset that that information that's going into that operations center or that, that farm operation system is going to be giving you what you need at the end of the day. You brought up a couple really good points going from paper to uh, the digital world. I mean, this farm management information system essentially is a filing cabinet for the digital world. The All the millennials out there or the, the younger farmers rather than that uh, old school notebook and uh, pen in your in your front pocket, uh, we, you, we can utilize things like these farm management uh, systems. And uh, you did touch on that there's a, a number of different ones out there, the John Deere operation center um, completely free of cost but there are some other uh, uh, more advanced systems uh, if that's what you're looking for and or uh, other manufacturers so jumping into the next one Aaron GIS or geographic information systems tell us a little bit about the relevancy of GIS in agriculture honestly I feel that if you're not using a geographical information system you're about 20 years behind the time at this point you know we started with otter track in the early 2000s and by now we're, we're just collecting so much information it is a redundancy if you're not using a GIS system you know every major manufacturer has some sort of uh, satellite based system and you can be doing your documentation in real time you're putting it up out there 
I think it's almost a detriment if you're not doing some sort of GIS system. Now, five years ago, you could have said, oh, you know, I, I, I drive too small of a tractor. I'm a fruit operator. I'm a, I'm a you know, tree crop operator. But nowadays, we've, with the new Gen 4 systems and with the new with the new uh, GIS systems, we've put it on orchard vineyard tractors and we've actually been able to do as applied maps using just a good old fashioned air blast sprayer, just by adding a couple key GIS items to that. And that's just real time technology that we need to start implementing at all levels of farming. As example in, in our orchard vineyard industry up here, we're sometimes spraying at night and you need to know that at five o'clock in the morning when you walk in and you're, you're setting up the spray schedule for the next for the next day and the next night that you can go, OK, I already sprayed that field. I don't need to spray it again. Or, oh, oh, oh you missed a uh, row, which is actually very easy to do in the dark and being able to to match that and make sure that you're not over applying or under applying, because that's where pest res- pesticide resistance comes to place whenever you over or under apply any chemical. And so that is the key thing for me is using GIS in those systems for the reporting of pesticides, whether you'll be doing it for the state or for global gap, that is a real time record that you're able to keep. And again, it may not necessarily completely meet the needs of your reporting, but it's going to be easier to go back, open up operation center every night or every morning and being able to go through and see what you sprayed at what time of day at and being able to re- fill out those reports are exponentially easier when you're collecting that information in real time. Yeah, that uh, brings me right into my next one about collecting data and you talk about uh, spatially mapping everything. It's It goes into play the next one, in-cab displays. So how do the in-cab displays connect with the the GIS or the the GPS receivers on those machines. The the GPS system may be telling you where you're at, but those in-cab displays are telling there's your opportunity to tell your operation what you were doing in the field at that moment. And this is where you really need to have that annual audit about making sure you know what's going in that display and what's going to spit out of the display and how it's going to look. If you have an operator, a fleet of operators, getting them comfortable with that display means that you're going to get all that information in. If you're filling out every single blank spot in that display, when it comes to spring, as an example, there's a spot in there for weather. There's a spot in there for product. There's a spot in there for rate. And and what you're going to do is at least have something you can go back to when it comes to filling out audits, reporting or any sort of, of system management that you need to do. So, you know, there's some great simulators online for John Deere's displays. And I, I know that some of the other um, providers, some of the other manufacturers do that as well. And I'm a huge fan of take some time at the beginning of the year before you're spraying and everybody just go through what it looks like once punch it into the system so you're comfortable and you know where to put everything in but those in farm displays i mean if you spray field five and there's an inversion but you can go to field seven it's as simple as being able to punch all of that in and you're going to have correct records not the morning of this was our plan this is how it actually happened in the field 
So you talk about the being able to input that information and being able to make sure that we get the right information at the right time, especially when we're out there applying those pesticides. One big thing that comes to mind is rate controllers. Tell us a little bit about those. Rate controllers are the best way of making sure that what you want to come into the system or you put whatever you put into the system is what you get out of the system. You can have the perfect pesticide management plan and nutrient management plan, but if the machinery doesn't spit it out the way you planned it, it was just a wish. And that's where rate controllers are so key into making sure that what you want to have happen out there happens out there. And that way you can start doing the evaluation of did that spray system work? Did that product work? And being able to promise and guarantee in the regulatory world and in the global gap world that what I said I put on on this day at this time is exactly what I put on because that system is capturing that data and making sure it's being done correctly. Um, We actually started putting rate controllers on blast sprayers this last couple of years. And it's great because the size of the droplet and the, and the amount of uh, product you put on per acre depends heavily on speed of the tractor, speed of the operator and, and the pressure of the system. And if you've got a rate controller, it will automatically start making those changes so that if you've got an operator that's going slow because he's uncomfortable with the machinery or the terrain, or you've got a system where maybe the pressure's a little high, a little low, you're still being guaranteed that that rate that you wanted on there is the rate that's actually going on. The next one that comes up, Aaron, is the uh, it plays right into rate control, and it's actually taking a couple of the a couple of our R's when we talk about uh, application stewardship, but putting things in the right rate and the right place. Section control. How does that benefit us? Section control works a lot in the same way. We're talking about making sure that what you put on uh, on stays on. I really love section control too because. If you've got some sort of uh, sensitive area that you don't want to spray, especially true when you're talking about um, orchard vineyards and you're talking about pest management plan that may include a beetle bank. I don't know if if you guys have ever heard of of beetle banks, but they're basically set off sections where you're going to have native insect habitat so that they can they they have a place to go but then they can come out into your field and and be the beneficial insect that we need well you certainly don't want to be putting pesticides out on that beetle bank and you can have an automatic turnoff system using section control and also that that automatic turnoff section control can be used in i've already sprayed this this row but i didn't realize i'd already been down here it'll automatically turn off because it knows it's already been there Let's take a step all the way back to the beginning, kind of rounding out the features and functionality of these in-cab displays. Guidance, one of the the most basic ones of all of them. How is that benefiting us in in precision agriculture? You know, back in the good old days with a light bar, you're just helping to be in a straight line. Well, nowadays, that, that guidance system can also be helping with speed management and and time management. And this was especially true when you start talking about pesticide management again where that speed plays a factor in in your efficacy being able to control speeds or slow somebody down when they go over the uh go around a turn and and making sure that everybody stays safe is an important part of it um guidance is also great because it allows um, 
some control over the environment of your operator. Your operator is going to end the day being a little bit more relaxed and they're not having to really worry about as many things when they're in the cab so they can be focusing on the job at hand instead of having to worry about driving a straight line or did I already do this row or anything like that or even worrying about speed you can start focusing on okay is is my pressure correct on that sprayer am I doing this part correct am I you know is is the actual agronomy correct because you're not focusing on something as as almost simple as as driving in a straight line, um, the guidance and the and the going back to the rate controllers and all of this, this all plays a factor too in that you need to be able to prove that you are doing everything at an agronomic rate. So when you use section control and you use guidance and you use all, all of these um, all these different tools together, what you're doing is is really making sure that you're setting yourself up to being as agronomically sound as possible. Now we're going to take a huge leap forward and talk about some technology that uh, is more more new, a lot younger in the industry. There's a lot of options out there, I know, but let's talk soil monitoring. Soil monitoring is getting so advanced. Um, there's now even neutron probes, tel- telemetry, you know, systems that help monitor your soil nutrient management as well as your soil moisture management. And, and you need to find the right, this is one where you need to find the right fit for you. And there's so many different things on the market that it's going to, you're going to have to almost do a lot of, a lot of shopping with your provider to find the right fit. That is a lot of the future of the global gap and a lot of what global gap wanted to do was a certain level of environmental management promises. I promise that by eating this item, whatever you're getting from this, whatever I'm buying to put in my grocery store, that it didn't completely wipe out the countryside on the process. And it's, it's we are getting into a situation where our consumers are getting more nuanced and more aware and want to make sure that they are eating something that is is done in the right way. And we're all environmentally aware. We cannot not be and be in farming. We are environmentalists as, as in food production. But just making sure that we have a system that records that real time, that you can be showing production records, showing that you're not leaching nutrients is an important part of that process, as well as moisture man- monitoring especially in the next year or two, uh, you know, there's some definitely some drought coming down the line in Southwest this year, it looks like. Northwest, we're kind of setting ourselves up right right about right. But in those years where you've got the low water, um, right place, right time, it matters as much in water as it does in, in pesticide management. And when you're, you're running through situations like we do in the Northwest where junior water rights might get turned off for four or six weeks, you got to make sure that what little water you are getting is getting to the right plant and that you're not overwatering places and underwatering places. So this is just the monitoring in the future of, of management. And we actually have been working a lot with a new pro- product line for us. They've been on the market for a while called Pestle, where they even will alarm you if there's any sort of deficit anywhere in the system. They'll just There's a text message alert that you get that your moisture is off or your humidity is high or low. And that's a kind of the more, the more fun parts of the system is now we're watching humidity, which is important for certain types of dust mites out here. 
we, we like a certain level of humidity um, in our dry environment to keep the dust mites down. And you can be getting that a real-time alert so that you can be getting your, your system managed. So it's about knowing that this is all based on climate, this whole farming situation that we have, and making sure that the climate is correct for the product that you're trying to raise. Now, these last three technologies, they're going to be kind of more on the simple side that a lot of people might not think about when it comes to precision agriculture and what they can do. First one being application batching or product batching. What are the capabilities there, Aaron? This is the product that I am so excited to see on the market. I think it needs to be, and I think in the next 20 years, we're going to find ourselves really drawn towards this. And this is called sprayer tender systems or sprayer battering systems. Basically, instead of putting on all your your products, your PPE and, and mixing chemicals and having a whole bunch of exposure, it is a closed system with jugging systems. And that way you, you're mixing in a closed system. Legally, this does not keep you from needing to put it on your PPE. You're still going to have to wear your PPE. But these sprayer systems make sure that your, your chances of spill is minimal, very minimal. Your chance of, of worker exposure to chemicals is minimal to none. And even and now we have what's called the ChemBlade, which is a system that even opens dry bags and jugs in a way that you don't have to be in exposure to the product. And this is becoming more and more prevalent every year. Those of you who do not know, Paraquat just changed their label by the end of 2020 that you have to mix it in a closed system like this. And so while this is an expensive system, these Kimblades, the Surefire systems, what it does is the level of acknowledgement and understanding and promise that you're not getting yourself and your workers exposed over long periods of time um, to these, these some of these products. A lot of Global Gap, I would say more of Global Gap's checklist had to do with worker safety when it comes to pesticide mixing and environmental sa- safety when it comes to pesticide mixing than a lot of the other checklist items were. There was a lot to do with pesticide safety. And when I introduce the system and I start talking about price, you know, obviously it's kind of an expensive program. And some of these guys are some of these producers, when I introduce it to them, are just sitting there going, "I, I don't know if I can afford that. But then they stop and they realize the first time I have a spill, the first time I have an issue, it's going to pay for itself compared to if I have this closed system. It's that guarantee that I'm not being exposed to this stuff prolonged along with that these sprayer tender systems a lot of them will do the math for you so there's nothing worse than getting to a point at the end of the day where you have half a tank full of mix that you can't use because it's getting to the end of the day and maybe the spring environment isn't working anymore or you you run out a little early and you only have 10 acres left well you can take your batch mix or your prescription or your recipe Tell it you only need 10 more acres of that, and it will do the math for you, which means, and, and will pull only the product you need, which means that when it comes to reporting, when somebody says, yeah, but did you overapply, you can hold up a the list and go, no, see, I made sure to use this batching system, this, this sprayer tender system that did that for me, and I know I didn't overapply on any products because it made sure that I was doing it at the correct ratio. 
Next one up is telematics. How does that uh, come into picture with all of this? Telematics are, are one of those things that we, we've talked a lot about the how. Telematic systems are, are the kind of putting it all together into basically making sure the machinery is hearing what you want it to have happen. Even if your machinery doesn't come with it factory installed, the telemetry systems can be post-applied and can help manage a lot of different things. Having a telematic system is how you know if there's a problem or not out there in the field. I really love the telematic systems, too, for geofencing, which is kind of a different way of looking at it. For instance, if you're a farm that does organics and conventional farming, that machinery isn't being used on both because there are a lot of guidelines about when you can use use equipment and when you can't use equipment that's organic versus conventionally used. And, you know, if you if you've got a geofence and you know that this conventional sprayer sprayer that's used for conventional products all of a sudden went over the line into a organic field it can alert you it can even shut off the piece of equipment in extreme examples and that's a kind of going along with being able to prove that you're doing your due diligence when it comes to management and that again it is a lot of global gap is doing pr- proving due diligence one of the uh, more creative ways I've seen the MTGs used is in Global Gap and in now in a lot of OSHA standards, there's the requirement that you have a bathroom station on site. So you can be using those MTGs to monitor where the bathroom stations are and being able to get them moved over to where your workers are so that you don't have any lag time and that you can prove that in in a geolocation way that you've given the due products that you need for both OSHA safety reasons and for global gap reasons that your workers had all the resources they needed to get through the day. The last one that is very simple, but I think a lot of people overlook when it comes to precision agriculture is mobile apps. With the, the world of smart devices these days, we have numerous mobile apps at our fingertips Talk about those a little bit. John Deere is very serious about this. They do have a training every year called Develop with Deere, where it is come see every app that ties into a John Deere operation center system. And I think they're a simple fix for a lot of data management problems, whether the app be one that pulls in all your data and tells you where you've sprayed and where you haven't. There's an app for everything, but it's important that you do your due diligence when looking at these apps and making sure they are actually going to do what you say, that you're actually getting information based on your farm. I've seen that a lot where some of these apps are very Midwest Midwest driven, which is fine, but um, we are not flat territory and we have 245 crops versus three or five major ones. So, you know, you're going to have to interview each app individually about what your system and your region really needs. So just to very briefly recap everything we went over here in this episode, so we have 10 technologies. We got farm management information systems. We have our geographic information systems or our our GPS systems. We have in-cap displays, rate controllers. We have some sort of a section control, guidance, soil monitoring, application or, or tender batching, telematics, and mobile apps. If anybody wants to learn more or talk to somebody about any of these technologies, Aaron, where can they go and who can they talk to? 
It really needs to be a very large table of conversations. First off, again, if you're reporting to anybody, whether it be Global Gap Organics or for pesticide management, you need to be in contact with your whoever your your auditor or checklist person is for that and be having that open conversation with them. And then you also uh, talking with your dealership, um, our RDO equipment company, and we can help align what you need with what's available out there. There's a plethora of products and we'll just need to make the combination that is right for you. Aaron, I just want to thank you again for uh, taking the time to sit down and not only kind of tie this into our last conversation about Global Gap, but also uh, bring it full circle when it comes to any operation out there looking to adopt a little more technology on their farm. So thanks again for sharing these thoughts, Aaron. Great to be here. Visit rdoequipment.com backslash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you have missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on any device or streaming service.